today on Annenberg Radio News. You not only have to teach them newspaper styles, but you also have to teach them basic English. Students at a South Los Angeles school get a taste of newspaper reporting, courtesy of some USC students. Good afternoon and welcome to Annenberg Radio News for Thursday, November 8th, 2007. I'm Tom Sparks. The FBI says it's received a tip that Al-Qaeda is planning terrorist attacks against shopping malls in Los Angeles and Chicago. The FBI says Al-Qaeda had been planning attacks for the past two years to disrupt the U.S. economy during the holiday shopping season. But the FBI says, quote, there is no information this is a credible threat. Los Angeles Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa and Police Chief William Bratton are holding a news conference at this hour to discuss the report. The warning came just hours after the governor's director of Homeland Security held a meeting on local preparedness for terrorist attacks. Victoria Sanchez reports. The discussion was held at the Museum of Tolerance. California's Homeland Security authorities say they want people to understand terrorism prevention procedure. Matthew Bentonhausen is the director for Governor Schwarzenegger's Office of Homeland Security. We believe firmly that this requires a dialogue. Make sure that we're correctly balancing privacy, security, and liberty with the need to enhance security given the threat situation and the risk that we have in a very modern society. Bettenhausen groups both natural and man-made disasters together. We know we're at risk of fire, floods, earthquakes, uh, and potential terrorism. And with all potential disasters, Bettenhausen says Californians need to have a plan. Food, water, and communication with family, he says, are key. He also says everyone should report any suspicious activity to the police. Victoria Sanchez, Annenberg, Radio News. The state of California sued the Environmental Protection Agency today in an effort to impose stricter greenhouse gas emission standards for cars and trucks. Governor Schwarzenegger says it is imperative for the federal government to implement the law that would allow 25% reduction of greenhouse gas emissions in California by 2020. That's 2020. Automakers oppose California's lawsuit and call for a single national emission standard. Eleven other states have adopted California standards, and five others are considering it. Community leaders gathered today to address the death of a pregnant woman in South Los Angeles. 22-year-old Shante Blanche was killed Monday when a woman drove into a crowd of young women during a fight. Lita Heron of the Youth Advocacy Coalition says Blanche's death represents a new level of violence in South L.A. This community is not going to accept or embrace a next time. We're done with that. And we're out here trying to save our men. We are not going to let the women come up and take their place. Friends and family members say Blanche wanted to make a difference in her community by becoming a parole officer. She wanted to go on and become a probation officer because she wanted to make a difference in the streets of L.A. with all the gang violence that the children today are surrounded with. Unique Bishop, the 21-year-old accused of running over Blanche, has been charged with two counts of murder, one for Blanche and one for her unborn child. Hundreds of people crowded into the atrium of Baldwin Hills Crenshaw Plaza today, hoping to jumpstart more than their holiday shopping. Amanda Becker reports on the annual event that peddles careers, not merchandise. Okay, what type of work are you interested in? We're looking for building and grounds workers, which are custodians. The L.A. Unified School District was just one of more than 60 employers that set up shop today in the halls at Baldwin Hills Crenshaw Plaza. Planning Committee member Victor Williams says the fourth annual Magic Johnson Foundation Fall Classic Job Fair brings employers from all over the county. 
Coca-Cola, Pepsi's here. Of course, USC's here today. Um, so it, it varies on the job. So there's a lot of potential for people with different uh, qualifications. The event is held at the mall each year just before the holidays when many stores are hiring seasonal employees. Organizers hope people looking for a job might find something more permanent that will last into the new year. Christina Smith is the type of applicant the job fair hopes to attract. She was shopping with a friend today when she saw the green tablecloths and balloons and decided to drop by. I just walked into the mall. We was talking about finding a job, so I was like, okay, here we go. Pepsi bottling group recruiter Lisa Hartley says she was impressed by many of the hundreds of applicants who stopped at her booth. They're interested, they're here, they're dressed nice, they're smiling, they're asking questions. Many of the companies and agencies at the fair today said they were trying to fill hundreds of open positions. Amanda Becker, Annenberg Radio News. Heart disease is the number two cause of death in the U.S. It is treatable, but it can be deadly for people who don't have health insurance. Kiara Kanzi reports on a meeting to discuss cardiac care for the uninsured. CNN's Larry King moderated the Southern California Health Literature Panel this morning at USC's Keck School of Medicine. So what can we change right now to lower costs and get more Americans covered? Well, there's one part of that question is easy and the other part is that hard. That's New York County Board of Health member Bruce Fladek. It costs money to expand insurance to people, at least in the short run. But if we were prepared to spend the money, the mechanisms for how to do it are not hard and not complicated. But there are solutions available to Californians. We serve uh, primarily low-income and vulnerable populations, uh, mainly moms and kids. Andrea Van Hook is the Director of Communications and Marketing for LA Care, the largest public health plan in the nation. She says Americans are starting to realize the importance of having universal health care for adults and kids and says the president and Congress need to compromise on and pass an S-chip bill. We have roughly 400,000 children in California that could potentially be affected. And in fact, California is looking into emergency regulations right now in case something doesn't happen. There are 47 million uninsured people in the United States. Kiara Kansi, Annenberg Radio News. Still to come on Annenberg Radio News. Politicians talk terrorism to win elections, but are voters listening? A USC journalism education can cost tens of thousands of dollars, but some of those same students spend their time off teaching the kids at Fauché Learning Center, earning them an experience they hope will last a lifetime. Whitney Wirth has the story. So how would you feel about putting this part, this first sentence about Congress, and then putting it below this sentence? How's that sound to you? What do you think? So it will be, according to a 2002 American Council education poll... USC student Lee Ornelas is teaching sixth grader Abijala how to write for a newspaper. Ornelas is part of Annenberg's community journalism class that travels to Fauché Learning Center once a week to teach the students there how to be journalists. Ornelas has been working with his students for eight weeks. They are writing stories for the opinion section. Uh, it was tough for me. Uh, sixth graders are young. They, um, you know, they're still learning how to write just English, just grammar. So uh, it was tough. Not only you know, you not only have to teach them newspaper style is its own kind of beast, but you also have to teach them 
basic English. So. The sixth grade stories will be published in the Fauche Times and distributed to the junior high and high school students at the Learning Center. I feel newspapers are important, so uh, I like emphasizing the importance of newspapers to children, especially young. One, one is even reading newspapers now. Ornelas was able to help the young students understand the importance of news and the hard work that goes into creating a paper. He says their interest in the class and in their stories has gone up since day one. But over time, they, they knew what I wanted and um, how much to write, and they were able to put more thoughts down on paper than they were when they started the class. Ornelas and the other USC students have an impact that reaches far beyond just teaching the children how to be better writers. I, it makes me feel good because I accomplished something. Yeah, it's making me feel like I want to be a journalist. Instead of, a, oh, the first things I wanted to do was be like a lawyer or something. Yeah, it's making me change my ideas. These sixth graders see the USC students as role models, not authority figures. Ornelas couldn't be happier. I hope it shows them that they, they can go to USC. Students are just regular people, and USC is un, it's not unreachable. It's just uh, normal people like them go to USC, and it's, it's perfectly achievable for them. This was the last class period USC students will get to spend with the sixth grade students. The community journalism class moves on to teaching eighth graders the basics of being a journalist next. Whitney Worth, Annenberg Radio News. Now, more on our story about preparing for terrorism. Terrorism is a hot topic among politicians across the country, especially in the run-up to next year's presidential elections. But do voters really care about the topic? Or are politicians giving terrorism undue attention? Jean-Luc Renault takes a look. Thanks, Tom. Since 9-11, terrorism has been at the forefront of political debate in the United States. But does the average American actually care about a politician's stance on terrorism? All they push in the media uh, or in the elections is about terrorism and anti-terrorism when they be, could be covering other things like uh, health issues, uh, world hunger, stuff like that, you know. Los Angeles resident Jaime Martinez may have his finger on the pulse of the nation. Despite what's debated in Washington, Americans have many other more pressing issues on their minds aside from terrorism. Sherry Bebich Jeffy is a political expert at USC. I think voters are worried more at this point about Iraq about the economy, about health care. And that's just what a USA Today Gallup poll asked registered voters in October. Iraq, health care, and the economy topped the list. In fact, only 7% of responders ranked the combined topics of terrorism, homeland security, and military defense as the top issues in next year's election. Back to you, Tom. Thanks, Sean Luke. Earlier this afternoon, I spoke with USC professor Nick Cole, author of the upcoming book, American Propaganda and Public Diplomacy. We discussed how terrorism shapes the political landscape. Pardon me. If you look at this from the point of view of the politician, every politician needs something to rally the country around, needs something to get the public to give that little bit extra. And an enemy has always been an excellent thing to rally your country around. Real enemies, imagined enemies, exaggerated enemies. And there is an element of all three of those in the American approach to the terrorist threat. Do you think this will be looked back upon like, say, the Cold War or say McCarthyism? Or McCarthyism? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, one of the things that I thought was – Really ironic. Senator McCarthy launched his campaign in the little town of Wheeling, West Virginia. The day after 9-11, Wheeling, West Virginia announced that it was having a patriotism day. Uh, it was as if they immediately wanted to flip back into the, uh, the a sort of a Cold War sensibility. Uh, one of the really sad things about 
um, the American response to the war on terror is the way in which so many of the good things about this society were voluntarily laid aside, like an objective, engaged media. Suddenly, people just suspended their disbelief, suspended their skepticism, stuck on a lapel pin and became mouthpieces for the administration point of view. And the terror that talking to journalists about this, people have said, well, I just didn't want to be thought unpatriotic. Does it surprise you that history repeats itself like this, that something that happened in our history, such as the Red Scare, doesn't remain fresh in people's memories? They can't No. <laughs> Unfortunately, one of the bits of history that repeats itself is forgetfulness. And these scares about foreign threats are not moments in the history of America. I think they're elements in the structure of America. There's something very profound that comes around every few years. And you can go back and say, well, before the McCarthy period, there was the Palmer period immediately following World War One, And before then, there were scares in the 1890s around the Haymarket incident in Chicago, where some policemen were killed by a bomb explosion. And suddenly everything was about the threat of terrorism to our liberty and the danger of foreigners and these are ideas that just come back and back. Now, it doesn't mean that there isn't a threat. It doesn't mean that there isn't a danger, but it means that we have to confront these dangers without forgetting who we are, because otherwise the terrorists have won. Do you think a change in the White House will dramatically reduce the amount of terrorism propaganda? Well, <laughs> when um, earlier today somebody asked me, what can ordinary Americans do to reduce the threat of terrorism, and I said, vote for somebody different, just <laughs> straight off the cuff. Obviously, the terrorism threat did not come with George W. Bush. It's been growing for many years. It's part of a, a real American difficulty with that region. In a way, 9-11 came as a shock to Americans, but it made visible tensions that had been very visible if you happen to live in that part of the world for many years. And it was more of a surprise that Americans hadn't really thought, what are we doing bombing Iraq? What are we doing involved in these you know, multiple confrontations in this region? American policy can't change overnight. What can change is the effectiveness of America explaining itself, willingness to negotiate, and, and I think willingness to listen something that George Bush and the Bush administration seem really bad at. Now we check in with Jessica Lane to find out what's coming up on Annenberg TV News at 6 p.m. on Trojan Vision. Thanks, Tom. Tonight we're taking a look at discrimination in the workplace based on sexual orientation. And also we'll have an update on the writer's strike and why residuals are so important. Remember, you could watch us live at 6 on Trojan Vision at any time on the web at ATVN.org. That wraps it up for today. For all of us here at Annenberg Radio News, I'm Tom Sparks. Tom Sparks.